You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what's going on, Saints fans? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Rosvoglu Report. And if you haven't already, make sure to check out the Patreon page. And I leave the link in the description on Twitter. And if you haven't also, guys, make sure to rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast on iTunes. Every review helps move the channel up the boards on iTunes. Now, this is probably the game of the year, per se, for the Saints. Saints Bucks, the second installment of this divisional matchup. And obviously, it's different. This year is not the same old Bucks where they would have a Jameis Winston or they'd have, let's say, a Dirk Cutter at head coach, obviously, with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady at the helm. Everything has changed. And although the Saints were pretty good in their week one win over the Bucs and they won convincingly, you have to throw that game out the window. I'll talk about why you have to do that in a little bit. But this is going to be a totally different meeting than it was the first time around. And there are many reasons why I feel that way. But before we get into the breakdown of this game, the key matchups, keys to victory, ways to attack this Bucs team, but also weaknesses for the Saints, let's talk about the injury report because for both teams, they're pretty banged up going into this one, and, and it's something that's going to be interesting uh, to see who's active on game day Sunday night. Now, for the Saints, let's get to the big one. Drew Brees limited the last two days. Shoulder injury, right shoulder. I noticed, I tweeted it out. I know uh, Kat Terrell tweeted it out, too. Uh, you saw in the Bears game, he had a right shoulder injury, um, or at least something bothering him because he had tape on his right shoulder, which he never does. And Bruce is, uh, Breeze is a guy, excuse me, that sticks to a routine. If he didn't wear tape on his shoulder back then, he's not going to do it now unless he absolutely has to. So there's something there that's bothering him. My my opinion, it has to be something muscular uh, for him to use that tape. But we'll see what happens uh, in that regard. He hasn't provided much context on it. He's claiming he's 41. It happens. He'll be fine. So we'll see. Uh, right now, I think Drew's going to play. But obviously, Friday's practice report is something to monitor. As for Michael Thomas, the man who's not played since week one, he was limited the last two days. I have a gut feeling he's playing. I know people want to see him listed as a full participant. I totally feel like Michael Thomas is playing on Sunday. I know that seems bold because of the fact that he's been out for the last seven weeks, but I really think we're going to see Mike back in the lineup, and it's going to be interesting to see how number 13 looks in his first game since September, but I'm excited to see what Mike can do on the field. How about Alvin Kamara? A little bit of a scare on Wednesday saying... Uh, he wasn't at practice because of a foot injury, but then you you listen to the way he speaks to the media, and you can tell that boy's all right, and he is one of those guys that's just built different. Uh, he had a foot injury against Chicago, still had the game-winning run, set them up for the Will Lutz field goal at the end um, of overtime, and he's good to go. He's a full participant today. I don't see any worry about him. I think it's more of a, uh, a case where the Saints are just doing maintenance, trying to make sure he's all right, um, but I think he will be fine for that game. And how about Marquez Calloway? Uh, he's a guy who the Saints could have used against Chicago. He had an ankle injury. He was a full participant today as well. So I think we'll see Marquez, uh, Marquez Calloway on the field. And we'll also see Emmanuel Sanders, who confirmed on his podcast today that he will be playing this week uh, weekend against the Bucks. He was out the last two games because of COVID-19. So it's nice to have number 17 back on the field. Uh, and we know how dynamic Emmanuel Sanders can be uh, when he's there. We saw the last two games before he tested positive for COVID that he was really heating up. Uh, with Drew Brees, and, and we'll see if he can pick up where he left off this Sunday against the Bucks. Now, before I get into the Bucks side of things real quick, let's talk about Drew Brees and what this might do. It's a concern, and, and it's not just a concern that he's 41 years old and he has a shoulder injury. This is a really good Bucks defense, a really physical Bucks defense, and I know a lot of credit goes to Tom Brady, and rightfully so. He's arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, and blah, 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 and we, we know all about that. We know 
on paper when you're when you're gonna push this game to the market and say, hey, look what we got for you. Tom Brady's gonna be at the front. He's gonna be on the cover. That's the guy that you market. But this Buccaneers defense is a legitimate problem. They're only giving up 255 passing yards per game, and they're even better against the run, only giving up 70 yards on the ground. And look, this in terms of the way they play run defense and they get after the quarterback, this Bucs defense is ferocious. And they've been the real story for the Buccaneers. I know it's easy to just you know grab the low-hanging fruit that is Tom Brady's on the Buccaneers, and he's leading them to the promised land. But this Bucks defense, led by Todd Bowles' play calling, has been fantastic. And for Drew to go up against a physical front with JPP, Nadamik and Sue, um, Shaq Barrett, Devin White, Levante David, there are a lot of big names on this defensive front, and they're going to want to get after Drew Brees. So the fact that he's not at 100% is a little bit concerning. I know some people were saying, hey, do we see Jameis play? Here's where I stand on that, guys. If Drew Brees says he can play, and you see in practice that he is not uh, visibly hindered, at least in, from an accuracy standpoint, you play number nine. I mean, it's Drew Brees in a big game where you have to have it in terms of, are we going to win the division? If you're going to win the division, you need to win this game. So I think for, for Brees, if he looks good in practice or looks good enough in practice where he's still making accurate throws in the intermediate passing game, you play him. Now, if he doesn't by any chance, and I think this would be a shock because he really is one of the toughest guys in the league, then yeah, I would say, hey, maybe you fire up Jameis for a revenge game, and that'd be quite the storyline. I know you guys would be uh, nervous, but also somewhat excited. You guys have been calling to see what he looks like, and uh, I think it's something we won't see. I think we're going to see Breeze on the field on Sunday, but you never know, obviously, something to monitor for Friday's practice. Now, let's go over into enemy territory. Let's talk about the Bucks injury report. They got some big names, too, and the big one for me is Ali Marpet. I know everyone's going to talk about Chris Godwin, but if the Bucks don't have one of their best interior offensive linemen, that opens up a huge discussion as to how the Saints defense can attack Tom Brady, and I'll talk about that later uh, in the show. But this is a big one. If Ali Marpet can't play, we have something to discuss here with how the Saints could attack that offensive line. Other names to look at on the injury report, you got JPP with a little bit of a knee injury, but I think he's going to be fine. He looked pretty uh, sharp, at least athletically speaking, against the Giants on Monday night. You got Scotty Miller, who continues to battle a hip injury, but he's a baller. He'll be out there on Sunday, in my opinion. And then Chris Godwin, that's the guy who you really don't know. I know he's listed as a limited participant, guys, and the the you know the rationale when you're going up against the Saints is, hey, they'll magically heal in time, and they'll be ready to play. And look, Godwin might not be an exception to the rule. He probably will play with the way things have gone for the Saints this season. But Godwin's case is interesting because he has not actually caught a pass since he broke his finger. He hasn't caught one. I mean, he's not going to practice catching the football until tomorrow. And then Bruce Arian said they'll make a call on Friday as to whether or not he'll be ready for Sunday. My guess is they put him questionable. They leave the door open and they figure it out Sunday night because they have that extra wiggle room. I would not be surprised if Godwin plays. Personally, I think he will play. I think the Bucs are going to be, uh, they're going to have all hands on deck for this one. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, but Godwin's obviously a big name to watch. He has been someone who has really terrorized the Saints defense for the last two years now, I would say, maybe even three. Remember, he had that game-winning touchdown uh, in 2017, I believe it was. So Godwin is a baller. I think the Bucs are going to have him on the field, in my opinion, but we'll see things can change uh, at any moment. Now, I said before, this is going to be different than the first time around. You guys are probably waiting anxiously to figure out why I mean that, so let's get into it. Let's talk about why this matchup is way different than the one that happened in Week 1. And that's, for one... 
Antonio Brown is here. I know it sounds crazy and that he hasn't played a game for the Bucs and you don't want to overhype it because, hey, Antonio Brown's a loose cannon. This guy might not be on the Bucs in two, three weeks from now. No one knows with him. And he could act like a, a good soldier right now, but at the end of the day, if Antonio Brown gets a little out of line, he starts complaining about targets, he doesn't like the way the offense is running, Bruce Arians will not hesitate to cut his ass and send him back to wherever he came from. And I think that's something that we need to monitor throughout the rest of the season. But for Sunday night, Antonio Brown being on the field, he will be a problem. Uh, and I know he hasn't played in a year, and people have to get in football shape. But guys like him, rare athletes, exceptional talents that are Hall of Fame talents if they didn't do anything stupid off the field, were, they're just tough to cover. And Antonio Brown, we saw, I believe two years ago, Steelers Saints, how great he is. And he just, I've never seen a wide receiver beat Marshawn Lattimore the way Antonio Brown did constantly just beat him like a drum, and he just didn't stop. It, was, it, it didn't matter if the Saints had double coverage. It didn't matter if Lattimore pressed. It didn't matter if Lattimore played off. Antonio Brown was getting to his spot easily. Um, and now I don't think Antonio Brown's going to match up with, with Lattimore for this game, but I could see Antonio Brown in the slot, and could he work a guy like Gardner Johnson? Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing guys like Darnell Mooney uh, work Gardner Johnson. So why can't a guy like Antonio Brown work the second-year corner uh, out of Florida? So I think that's definitely something to monitor. Antonio Brown being in that game makes it a whole different ball game. Number two, why it's going to be different. Rob Gronkowski's actually playing well. I made a lot of jokes about Rob Gronkowski should have stayed retired, should have remained a WWE superstar. I'm starting to think he made the right move coming back, and and maybe not from a, a health standpoint, but does he still have stuff left in the tank? Absolutely. You're seeing over the last three games, he has a touchdown in each of them. The The Bucks are starting to use him in a role that makes way more sense than what they used in week one. Week one, it was a bunch of stupid screens. It was seeing if you get him out in space. Gronk is not a guy you get out in space. He's too slow. I mean, you can just chop his legs down like a tree, and he's going down um, in the blink of an eye. But if you can get Gronk in spots towards the sideline, get him on a fade, get him on a jump ball, you got a good bet. And that's what the, the Bucks have been able to do is in short yardage situations, especially by the goal line, they're getting Gronk in one-on-one opportunities where he's going to win his matchup. We saw against the Giants, he had a touchdown by the goal line. We saw against the Raiders, he had a great back shoulder fade catch where he basically ripped the ball out of the cornerback's hand. So I think that's where uh, the Bucks are really starting to thrive. And overall, which makes this matchup so different and why I believe this is truly a case where you burn the week one tape, the Buccaneers have chemistry now offensively. There's some guys that are still off, You can't convince me that Brady and Mike Evans have chemistry right now. I know people want to convince me because they have the goal line touchdowns. That doesn't convince me from anything. That's an accurate quarterback putting the ball where only his receiver can get it. Mike Evans and Brady, there's still something not connecting. It could be Mike Evans just playing through an ankle injury this whole season and he's just never going to be at 100% and that might be it. But I don't see it. But what I do see is Brady on target with guys like Scotty Miller, Brady on target with Gronkowski, Brady on target with Cameron Bray. And this running back group for the Buccaneers, probably one of the more underrated ones in the league because they have, in my opinion, the one running back who doesn't get enough respect, and that's Ronald Jones, who has been magnificent uh, this season. He did have a fumble against the Giants, though, so I'm interested to see if Bruce Arians starts him off in the doghouse, and if he does, that's advantage Saints because I know people don't want to hear this, especially the LSU folks. Ronald Jones is a better running back right now than Leonard Fournette. If you don't believe me, that's fine. Go back and watch the Bucks games, but you will quickly see Ronald Jones is a better running back than Leonard Fournette. I, I will go as far to say that I don't know if Leonard Fournette's ever going to be a guy that's going to lead a backfield anymore. He's going to have to split carries. Frankly, I, I really don't think he should split right now. I think Jones should get the majority, but that's a guy who the Bucks have started to use more in Ronald Jones, and Rojo is showing that he can really be 
a, a big difference maker for this Bucks offense. So I really like that. And defensively, why this is going to be different. This Bucks secondary, specifically Antoine Winfield, he's just getting better with every game. Not a surprise. This is a guy who I was upset got drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I knew he was going to be a stud out of Minnesota. He's got the bloodline. He's got the uh, he's got the work ethic. He's just got the overall skill and instincts that you can't teach a young safety. And he's getting better. He made the game-winning play, albeit controversial, against the New York Giants. And there are multiple reasons why the Bucs just look like a different team and are a different team than the one that the Saints saw in Week 1. But those four were the ones that I really wanted to hammer home. Now, you might be thinking, it's all doom and gloom. Everything's going well for the Bucs. And look, a lot is going well for the Bucs. They're 6-2, and two, which is way better than they've been over the last couple of, I'd say, decades. But there are ways for the Saints to attack this Buccaneers defense, attack this Buccaneers offense, and possibly, possibly squeak out with a win and sweep Tom Brady for the first time in his career. He's never been swept by a division rival. And I don't know if that's uh, an indictment on the, the AFC East or a testament to Tom Brady's greatness. Maybe it's a mix. I personally think it just shows how embarrassing the AFC East has been in 19 years of Brady's existence in that division. They were never able to sweep him. I don't know how the hell that happens, but it did. But anyway, let's talk about ways the Saints can attack the Bucs defensively. What the Saints can do, uh, what the Saints can do against that Buccaneers defense, I think it's interesting. I think the one thing that I noticed from Monday night between the Bucs and the Giants, the Bucs have a really, really big time hit or miss cornerback in Jamel Dean. The kid's got talent. The kid has the talent to pick you off and return it for the other way, which we saw against the Green Bay Packers. And then the kid has the flaws where he is aggressive, but he also can't turn his hips that well, and you will see Adarius Slayton beat him on a double move, not once, not twice, but three times in that game. And it was frustrating watching that game because the Giants were not able to take advantage of the times that Jamel Dean either bought a double move or was sitting on a short pass and ended up getting beat deep. And Darius Slayton, who is one of the more one of the more underappreciated receivers, I'll say. I don't know what word exactly I want to use for the kid, but the kid can ball, and he doesn't get enough credit. He was absolutely tearing apart that buck secondary. His quarterback just couldn't hit the ocean from the beach, and that was the problem. But I think the Saints, knowing who you have at quarterback, I know he can't throw the ball downfield well, but Drew Brees is still an accurate quarterback. I think the Saints, if they're wise, throw a lot of double moves at Jamel Dean. Throw a lot of double moves, throw a lot of quick, uh, any route with a quick hitch to it. Because you want Jamel Dean to be moving those hips. You want him to be moving those hips and see if he can move them like Shakira. And if he can, you're going to be in a good spot if you're the New Orleans Saints because you can be beaten down this cornerback for the majority of the night. If not, if you let him sit on routes, you know what happens? He makes good breaks. He gets a pick six like the one we saw against Aaron Rodgers. If not, and you do get him in those bad spots where I know the kid is physically talented, but his technique is just not up to par just yet. I think the Saints could have a really good success rate against Jamel Dean. So that involves Deontay Harris double moves. That involves any type of Emmanuel Sanders out route or any post to the middle of the field, something that you get on a quick quick twitch. Uh, And I think the Saints have an advantage there. Another thing I want to talk about with the Saints that they could do, and I think it's interesting. For years, we hate the word game manager. I hate the word game manager. But for once, I'm going to ask the Saints to manage the game with Drew Brees. Do what you've been doing the last two weeks, if you can, of course. And that's control the clock. Take advantage. Keep your defense off the field. And it's not going to be easy against a Buccaneers defense that's super aggressive, likes to get off the field, likes to sack the quarterback, doesn't give up a lot of rushing yards. It's starting to feel like the walls are closing in and you don't know what you can do offensively. But the Saints have the talent. And what you need to do is stay in third and manageable. So if you could stay in third and manageable, you have a chance of extending the drive. And every first down is another three plays that Tom Brady has to sit on the sidelines. And when you do that, you give your defense rest. 
and it really shortens the game. If this becomes a shootout, I think the Buccaneers win. I think the Buccaneers are more, more explosive offensively than the New Orleans Saints. If this comes down to the wire, the Saints give themselves a good shot of winning this game because they are able to methodically drive down the field when they need to. And we know in the two-minute drill what Drew Brees can do. So those are things you have to do. If you're the Saints, get in third and manageables. You can't just abandon the run. Just because the Buccaneers, statistically speaking, are good at the run, you can't abandon it. And what I like that the Giants did on Monday, they didn't abandon it. And they don't have Kamara. They don't have Latavius Murray. They have Wayne Gallman. And they had, I believe, Deion, Deion Lewis that were playing. Those were the guys. And Alfred Morris. I mean, whatever left, whatever's left of Alfred Morris, that was on the field at MetLife Stadium. And the Giants didn't abandon the run. They committed to it. And because of that, they stayed in the game. They chewed up the clock. And they did a good job keeping Brady off the field. So if you're the Saints, you got to take that blueprint. I know the Buccaneers are good defensively, especially in the run. But you cannot abandon that aspect of the game, especially when your quarterback is a little banged up and you need to control the clock. You need to keep TB12 off the field because you really can't trust your defense, especially with the way they're playing right now. And the last thing that I really want to talk about for ways to attack, and this continues with the offense, Breeze needs to be vintage Breeze in terms of how do you get the defense to bite? Are you giving the vintage shoulder fakes? Are you using good pump fakes? These corners, excellent corners in Carlton Davis and Jamal Dean, like I said before, they like to sit on routes, and they sat on a lot of routes with Daniel Jones, and it paid off. Do you know why? Because Daniel Jones is a second-year player who is still making rookie mistakes. I would like to think that Drew Brees in his 20th season is not going to make the same mistakes. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'd like to think that Drew sees that on tape, sees that a guy like Carlton Davis sits on routes, and there are ways you can beat that. There are absolutely ways you can beat that. And remember, cornerbacks now, I think, are going to play tight because they don't know if Drew can throw it deep. So I think there's going to be chances where the corners are just going to be sitting on routes, hoping to get a pick six off Breeze, and we'll see if he can take advantage. But those are ways to do it. As for the defensive side of the ball, and this is one of my big keys to the game, and this is one of three big keys to the game, get pressure on Tom Brady. I know it sounds simple, but it is the formula. To, to win against Tom Brady, you need to have a good pass rush. And you don't need to have a good pass rush all season long. You need to have a good pass rush against him. And what I've noticed from the Saints, they're not there yet. They're not what we thought they'd be as a defensive line but they are taking little steps each game, and that's because Marcus Davenport's here. Remember, Marcus Davenport did not play week one. That's another reason why this game is going to be different. If Marcus Davenport can do what he's been doing, he did it against the Bears, he did it against the Chargers, if you continue to get pressure, and he also did it against the Panthers. He had that sack that really, really closed out the game. They had to settle for that long field goal try. If Marcus Davenport continues to wreak havoc on opposing offensive lines, the Saints are going to have a good shot at winning this game because Brady, under pressure this season, He's completed 30.6% of his passes, so 30.6. He has zero touchdowns, an interception, and he's been sacked 10 times. And we saw against the Chicago Bears, who obviously have a better defense than the New Orleans Saints, what happens when you're physical with this Buccaneers team, when you actually get pressure on Tom Brady, it changes the whole game. If you look on paper, that Bears team is not better than the Buccaneers. We know that Bears team is not better than the Buccaneers. We, the Saints just beat the Bears, and we don't think very highly of them. But... The Buccaneers and Bears, that game, proved that Tampa, when you can get to Tom Brady, it changes things. Khalil Mack was in the backfield all game. And I'm not saying Marcus Davenport's going to do that, but if you want to win this game, either Davenport, Cam Jordan, or Trey Hendrickson is going to have a big night. And if Ali Marpet is out, guess what? One of Tom Brady's best interior offensive linemen, if not his best interior offensive linemen, is sitting out that game, and they're going to have to rely on a backup player to fill in in a big spot with the, on a national stage, it's prime time, and we'll see what happens there. Number two, and this one is the, the big matchup. This is the one that we all love for Saints-Buccaneers games. 
Marshawn Lattimore versus Mike Evans. This is the big one. This is the rivalry that always, something always happens. Last time around, it ended up being a little bit of an argument, and then Gardner Johnson basically put Mike Evans in a chokehold. Uh, again, I don't blame Gardner Johnson. No one really likes Mike Evans, at least down in New Orleans. This is the one that I think could decide this game because if Mike Evans just beats down Marshawn Lattimore and it's one of those games where Evans wins the matchup and decisively wins the matchup, the Saints are in trouble because the Saints are going to have their hands full with Antonio Brown. They're going to have their hands full, possibly Scotty Miller. They might have their hands full, probably will, if he plays, Chris Godwin. So you need to at least be able to take one of these wide receivers out of the equation. If the Saints can take Mike Evans out of the equation, that's big time. And Mike Evans is a great receiver. I, I know people love to poke fun at the guy. He is a talented dude. But if the Saints win that matchup, specifically Marshawn Lattimore, who's been playing better football over the last two weeks, I like the Saints uh, to at least make this a close game and stay within striking distance. If not, it's going to be an issue. If Mike Evans wins this matchup, please tell me what matchup on defense the Saints will win. I, I really don't know. So Marshawn Lattimore needs to play like the Pro Bowl cornerback he's capable of being. We saw him have a pick last week. We saw him basically shut down whatever Panthers receiver he faced the week prior. And although he did get beat on the touchdown against Allen Robinson last week, I would argue this, and I think a lot of people would agree, Allen Robinson is a better route runner than Mike Evans. Mike Evans, physically, uh, he's more physically gifted, and I think he's got way more talent than Allen Robinson, but I think Allen Robinson's a better route runner. So we'll see what happens with that one. But the Saints are going to need Lattimore to step. But number three, and I know this one has been the, the big cliche, the big no-brainer statement for the Saints, and yet... I keep saying it because it hasn't happened. They haven't fixed that problem. These stupid penalties need to stop. You cannot win against Tom Brady's team on the road, national TV, when the refs are going to be on you. You cannot create more opportunities for that offense. If it's third down, and it's third and 10, it's third and eight, third and nine, whatever the hell it might be, the Saints cannot afford to just have a dumb illegal contact penalty or holding or pass interference, which I feel like going to happen because the Bucs will take shots down the field with Tom Brady, and usually those shots go to either Mike Evans or Scotty Miller, and lately they've been going to Scotty Miller, which is crazy, but they will take shots down the field. It's a matter of whether or not this Saints defense will actually step up and play good and good D. And we saw in the first half against the Bears, they gave up a big completion of Darnell Mooney. I believe it was like 50 yards. Late in the game, the Bears tried to go back to the well, and Marshawn Lattimore actually had a deflection on that pass and knocked it out for incomplete. The Bears didn't take many shots down the field. They didn't, especially in the second half. And I can't tell if that's a sign of, oh, the Saints are maybe learning or they played the Bears and you can't really put much stock into it. And unfortunately, I think it's the latter. I think it's the Bears not being good. So we're going to find out, is this Saints secondary capable of keeping the penalties down to a minimum? And the Buccaneers are another team that struggles with penalties. We've seen when they get sloppy, they don't look so good, especially in the Bears game. They were really sloppy with penalties. I mean, it got to the point where they were so sloppy, Tom Brady forgot what down it was. So I think this is a big key for the Saints. You cannot give the Buccaneers extra opportunities. If you have a chance to get off the field, you need to get off the field. This is not Nick Foles at quarterback. This is Tom Brady. I don't care what age he's at. He's much better than Nick Foles. And the Saints, what concerned me, but I saw the Bucs defense do it on Monday, so maybe I'm not as concerned as I originally was, and I'm just concerned for NFL defenses as a whole. The Saints have not been good on fourth down. And when you have a chance to flip the field, you got to flip the field. And they didn't do it against the Bears. Every fourth down, it seemed like the Bears converted. So if you're the Saints, figure it out. If Tom Brady and the Bucs are about to go off the field, 
you better make sure they get off the field or it's going to be a long game. Game Now, before I give my prediction, I want to talk about real quick how big of a game this is in terms of narratives, in terms of looking down the road. Everyone's going to pick the Buccaneers to win this game. I mean everyone. You can go on ESPN. You can go on FS1. You can go on NFL Network. You go on CBS. I don't care where, wherever you get your sports news from, wherever you look at your predictions for the week for the NFL, everyone is going to pick the Buccaneers. And rightfully so. And I know that probably shocks you that I said that, but rightfully so. The Buccaneers have been the better football team this year. The Buccaneers are playing better football right now. The Buccaneers have more chemistry right now. I I know that sounds crazy, but they really do because the Saints have just been so depleted offensively. And I think the more important thing, and the thing that might decide this game, the Buccaneers have a defense that is reliable. The Saints, week one, the defense looks sharp. But like I said, guys, that was basically a preseason slash tryout slash audition for Tom Brady and co. And the defense ever since has not been good. The defense has struggled against Derek Carr. The defense has struggled against Bridgewater. The defense has struggled against Nick Foles. I don't trust the Saints defense. And this is not, you know, I thought last week is where maybe they turned the corner and they do have good moments, don't get me wrong. But they still gave up 23 points to a bad Bears team. And I think if you're the Saints right now, look, you're going to go into this game confident and you should. This is your division until you lose it. But man, I, I just don't see how I can go into this game and actually pick the Saints. I think the Bucs have been the better team. I think the Bucs defensively are way ahead of the Saints. It's not even a comparison right now. The Saints are one of the worst defenses in the league. The Bucs are one of the best defenses in the league. So it's very simple there. But more importantly, I just think the Buccaneers can do one thing the Saints can, and I think it's a big thing. The Buccaneers are going to take advantage of the Saints' sloppiness, especially in the secondary. They're going to push the ball downfield, and they're going to test these Saints' corners to be disciplined. And we saw on Monday night that the Giants' corners were disciplined. They were not basically tackling the receiver before the ball got there. Yes, their, their, their back was to the ball, but they'd read the receiver's eyes, and they'd swat it away. I mean, it was a DB clinic from the Giants. I don't trust the Saints to do that. What, what have the Saints, the Saints shown me to say, yeah, I trust them to stop those balls going down the field? I don't. I'm going to expect a flag or I'm going to expect a big catch. And this doesn't mean that the Saints can't fix that and the Saints can't get to where they need to go. I just think for this game, the Saints are going to lose. I think the Buccaneers are going to win around a score of 33-27. to 27, And I think the narrative will continue that Saints don't look right this year. Something seems off. On the flip side, if I am wrong, and if I am wrong, I will apologize. I will, I'll act a fool on Monday if the Saints end up winning this game, which I don't think they will. But if they do, I'll keep a promise. I will apologize, and I will act a fool. The narrative will change. The Saints will get the respect that they've been trying to get. People will start to look at them differently. People will say, hey, they are a contender. And you're going to see. It's going to be a complete 180. But I don't think it's going to happen. I do think the Bucs are going to win this game. And I think we're going to have to think, hey, Saints are going to make the playoffs this year. I, I really believe that. But I don't know if they're going to win the NFC South. And if they lose on Sunday, my guess would be that they don't. But I do think we will see a third installment of Saints-Buccaneers in the playoffs at some point this year. I, I really feel strongly about that. I think these are two playoff teams. I do not think that Sunday's result, if it is a loss, changes the Saints' playoff fortunes. Although, if they do win, I think it changes everything. Because I think if the Saints do somehow win this game, why can't they run the table and get a top seed 
in the NFC. You never know. But that's going to do it, guys, for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I want to know what you guys think about this big game. Do you think the Saints are going to sweep the season series with the Buccaneers? Or do you think Tom Brady and the Bucs are going to get revenge and win this weekend, which is something that I've been saying is going to happen, and I think it will. So I'm interested to see what you guys have to say about that. But I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Stay tuned for more content on the Straight Up Saints page um, and also the Straight Up Saints YouTube page. I've been putting more videos out there for you guys as well. But thank you for so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your upcoming weekend. And let's hope and pray that the Saints somehow, somehow, Beat the Buccaneers. They are a four and a half point underdog. We'll see if that spread goes up. But that's going to do it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And stay tuned for more content on the Straight Up Saints podcast.